Kyle Bird. This is the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Um, uh, curiously MIA at the moment is my co-host, Matt Parmley. We are hoping that he is all right. Uh, so he may or may not crash this, uh, this, this podcast. Hopefully he will. But in the meantime, I am joined by two of my friends. Uh, one is... Kevin Derendorf, who uh, is with us uh, like 85% of the time. Kevin, welcome back. Hey, hey. Always a, always a pleasure to be here. Um, and then uh, also is uh, my friend Lux Edwards. And they haven't been on here in quite a while, but uh, they're back. And uh, the idea was that we would be talking about Shin Kamen Rider, um, but we're pivoting. Um, and, uh, buying Matt some time to, um, work out whatever is keeping him. And, uh, there's tons of stuff that we wanted to talk about anyway. Lux, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. Let's um, just jump right into it. This is, uh, uh, this is now our, our G-Fest recap episode, um, which, uh, Matt wasn't there anyway, so I thought it makes sense to to have me and Kevin talk about this, and Lux can uh, hang out and chime in. Uh, first, we are going to go through quite a bit of news. Um, it's convention season, so uh, there's been a lot of announcements. Um, I guess I'll start with the biggest, which is uh, we finally have uh, the formal announcement uh, for the new Japanese Godzilla film coming out in Japan. This November and coming out here, December first. It's called Godzilla minus one, um, which uh, apparently the idea behind the title is that uh, take the movie takes place in the forties, right after the atomic bombing of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and uh, the concept of the title is that that put Japan at zero. And then Godzilla shows up, and they're like, oh, we're minus one now. Which I get. It's kind of a neat uh, way to come up with a title. But if you have to de- describe, explain wh- what the title means in your press release, you should probably pick a different title. I mean, this, this is Japan. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm just used to hearing titles like Mardok Scramble or Bubblegum Crisis and just being like, okay, well, that's just... And, and then, <sighs> you know, even... Even, like, the last Godzilla thing was Singular Point, which, I mean, that's not immediately obvious either, so... Well, 
You're not wrong. Um, anyway, uh, so, um, not Godzilla Zero, but I keep calling it that, like, just because we've been calling it that for so long. I need to, like, realign myself there. Um, anyway, uh, so, uh, it's official, uh, we, you know, we were saying, you know, we don't know that the whole movie takes place in the 40s, we just heard they wanted actors for scenes in the 40s, but that's the idea, is that this is immediately post-war, um, which means we're in, um, the occupation era of post-war Japan, um, and I, I mean, I don't know, there's things about the film that Kevin and I know, but I are probably not okay to say, <laughs> because I don't know that we're supposed to know, um, but, uh, I don't, I, but I, knowing what we know, I think we can at least, um, discuss our thoughts, uh, which I think unanimously there is a thought of concern here, um, which is probably best described by saying, look at this director's other films that take place at the same time, right? Yeah, I I think specifically The Eternal Zero, and I can understand why it might be similar to The Eternal Zero, because, you know, that won Academy Awards in Japan, and I can understand Toho wanting to maybe have something that's in a similar vein if uh, they're going for that. But, you know, that's a that's a very problematic movie. Uh, <laughs> yes. Depending on who you ask. Uh, and, and written by uh, someone who's famous for being a atrocity denier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who, who Which, throws, who's thrown a lot of money into campaigns to suppress, you know, uh, the, the Imperial Japan's war crimes and stuff from, from education and, and uh, a very um, suspect man. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he's not writing uh, Minus right. Ones. It's just Yamazaki that's writing it, but Yamazaki has has a, a sometimes a rose-colored glasses view of of certain aspects of history that maybe... Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's strange to me because... Uh, minus one is getting this international release immediately that they do appear to be wanting to, to have a, a, a wide international appeal. And from that perspective, it could, it's, it's a delicate line to yeah. walk in terms of, well, how much do you maybe vilify Americans or something like that? Yeah. If you're going to be, I, I think, I think a lot of that stuff is going to be there, but it's going to be more subtextual and not super in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, but enough for people that know that that are used to seeing movies like that to to pick up on. I think, and uh, I don't know. That's um, concerning to me. I, I mean, I like Yamazaki. I, now, I don't know. Like, I don't know the man. I don't. But uh, just the fact that he's adapted two of that that it, the Eternal Zero author's books. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say he's a, uh, a war crime denialist or a sympathizer, but, um, he's at least, uh, <laughs> adjacent, I don't know, he at least endorses people that have those views, and that is troubling to me. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, again, the Eternal Zero was the, the top 
box office movie for 2013. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, I could easily see just for that reason alone, just being like, okay, well, whatever, I'll I'll do, <laughs> I'll do a, another adaptation of this guy's book because you know people seem to like want that. So yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm I don't know, man. I'm I'm not. I can't say I'm super like excited <laughs> to be honest <laughs> i would like to be but i don't know lux you are a longtime godzilla fan you you can speak freely about this as well yeah i don't really feel excited either i mean it, it's it's the kind of the same sentiment sentiments that you all share um the whole premise of it with starting at zero and going to minus one and in my brain, just thinking about where this story might be going in this movie, um, given, the, given the political climate, given what we already saw in Shin Godzilla not that long ago and how popular that movie was, so knowing the direction Toho would want to go in order to make the most money, I'm not really very um, yeah, hopeful about what subtext this movie might end up having. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm glad people are excited. I'm, you know, I'm I'm glad Godzilla is being talked about. But I don't know, man. I like I don't like being like, I, so believe it or not, <laughs> I don't like being a Debbie Downer about about this stuff. It's like you know, the stuff coming from Japan is like this, and then the stuff coming from Legendary is like stupid i <laughs> and i i like certain amounts of the the stuff from both countries to varying degrees but it's like it, it, there's that and then all of it is on such a regular basis now that i don't even like really have time even if this sounded more promising to me like i like by the time one godzilla thing is out and you've processed it then there's another movie coming out then there's an apple tv series coming out and it's like it's becoming more like star wars or marvel where it's just like the the feed of content is just everlasting and we've seen with both star wars and marvel that that <laughs> cost that constant feed of content isn't always the best idea so yeah hopefully this isn't another instance where they kill off the franchise by keeping it going longer than it should. I mean, to play devil's advocate, God, Godzilla, like, if you go back to the 60s, it was a constant churn. Yeah. Like, it's not um, new. So I think I, I think the fact that we basically have dueling, we have the Reiwa stuff and the MonsterVerse stuff, and the fact that we have dueling franchises and neither of them is, like, slowing down, it's almost like we have, like, double the amount of stuff so I think that's where I'm getting like more overwhelmed with the amount of it is like a movie a year, sure, whatever. But next year we have two movies and a TV series, and it's like for the love of God, like let's let's chill out for a minute here. Well, well next, I mean, I guess December one is actually this year. Yeah, so minus that's... one is December, and then but then the the next MonsterVerse one is in March, so it's like. I don't know. You you have like a few months, <laughs> basically. And you just got done watching that Skull Island Netflix show. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I hopefully the movie's good. I mean, uh, and uh, I don't know. Problematic messaging hasn't really stopped me from enjoying an otherwise good movie. I know 
to bring it into the realm of Godzilla. Like, uh, Shinji Higuchi's Lorelei is a really fucked up movie <laughs> when you think about what's, what, it, what it's about. But it's, it's also a really enjoyable, it's really entertaining, it's got really charming characters. Um, Godzilla's That's just, a, Godzilla's just a little bit more precious to me than really anything else. So I'm, I'm just a little bit more protective, that's all. Yeah, I'm also more protective of Godzilla, but going into this, I'm also, uh, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer either, and, and, and I'm, I am hopeful that we can at least get the entertainment that we got out of a movie like Lorelei, which mm-hmm. is, before we even got this minus one press release, I expected this to probably be something like Lorelei, right. and then lo, lo and behold, <laughs> here we get this press release, it's like, oh, well... Hopefully we get Lorelai and it's it's at least a good movie yeah. with some problematic stuff in it that I can look over and still enjoy it. Yeah, that's my favorite that's movie. That's what I'm expecting. Because uh, I, I I don't feel like Yamazaki's made a bad movie, and I've watched over 20 of his movies. So yeah, um, he's, oh yeah, he's, he's a great director. Yeah, and you've said that too, Kevin. Even uh, if. People go back and uh, when we did the Kaiju Masterclass thing uh, that you did about him, you even said like, yeah, some of these war movies like really rub me the wrong way, but like they're well made. Like he understands characters and <laughs> he understands how to tell a story. So, you know, I, I think I think we I I don't know I the, it, those aspects I feel better about. So we'll see what comes of it. Um. Uh, so I guess we can talk briefly about, uh, the Godzilla vs. Justice League versus Kong comic book that was announced also. Yeah, this, this one kind of surprised me a bit because, I don't know, I'd, I'd actually heard rumblings in advance, but I, I had just assumed that it would be something from IDW, mm-hmm. um, similar to the Godzilla versus Power Rangers. But um, I guess in, in retrospect, it makes sense that DC is owned by Warner Brothers, so it would make sense that it would be the MonsterVerse incarnations of these of these characters that would be uh, showing up in, in this crossover. Um, I mean, the, the, I mean, it's been a long time coming. To We almost got a Batman versus Godzilla movie in the 60s, and uh, there are... Little little bits here and there, you know. I did a a panel at G Fest talking about uh, uh, ka- kaiju and comics, and th- there have been times like the Legends of Tomorrow crossover where they time travel and meet the uh, Ishiro Honda or the the Arctic Giant uh, Superman uh, short from Max Fleischer, which is very much like a proto Godzilla thing. Yeah, predates Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, and you know Godzilla's crossed over with Marvel and now Marvel's crossing over with Ultraman. So it kind of makes sense to have the Godzilla and justice league, uh, wind up duking it out. Even if, you know, by, by any power scaling sort of nonsense that people like to, to get on board with, you know, it really doesn't make any sense, but don't think about <laughs> it too, too hard. I mean, as a as a personally, I'm more, I've always been more of a DC fan than a Marvel fan. So um, this is another thing I, I also kind of knew was going to be in the pipeline at some point, and also thought it was going to be IDW. But I'm happy to see it's DC. I'm at least curious to see how it's written. Um, to 
to, to, to balance out those uh, power scaling issues, um, especially given Superman is featured. <laughs> um, but any good writer knows how to write Superman well to balance that out. So may, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know offhand, but uh, do, 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 are, are the writers or anything, make any of the people making this people that are familiar to you guys? Not familiar to me, if I remember correctly, somebody who worked on The Flash, and it wasn't a run that I had read, and the artist wasn't somebody who I was familiar with either. I mean, some of the com- co- cover artists weren't like Jim Lee working on it. And yeah, people yeah. Like, uh, the cover art looks awesome. I think one of them showed like a giant like Batman robot fighting Godzilla. Right, which, you know, is that, that Batman robot's um, um, been around the block in, in comics and animated movies, so... Well, hopefully, it's uh, a little more has a little more story to it than the Power Rangers crossover they did. Um, okay. Well, um, do do we want to talk about the new Gamera trailer that? <laughs> that I came want out? to talk about new Gamera. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got a new trailer for Gamera Rebirth coming out in September. Um, it looks, uh, I mean, I don't know. It hurts me to look at it. That's, that's, that's what I'll say. I, I don't know how it's going to pan out. I, the director just did an interview where he said, like, he just wants to make a monster wrestling match because he didn't get to do that when he did the Polygon Godzilla films. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I I I hope that when I when I think of Gamera, I hope that uh, I mean we know that the it follows you know some young kids, which is normal for Gamera. So I mean, hopefully it's endearing and something that uh, you know kids that can overlook how horrible <laughs> <laughs> it it looks um, can enjoy. Uh, but I don't know. I. I it just—it doesn't seem like something they really had enough faith to put are, a lot of money in. Are we embracing the the Showa spirit in every way, shape, and form here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's—I think that's why um, I kind of love it, though. I mean, it, yeah, it's not pretty looking, but this trailer showed us a lot of action with the monsters that definitely holds with um, that Showa spirit. There's a lot of grappling and movement. Um, it's very active, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what these battles look like in their actual full-length uh, motion version. Well, well, if if it's not ultra-violent, then it's not a proper show. Of well, we did get to see in a previous teaser that does seem to be a pretty violent show, because there was like blood everywhere in one of the shots I showed, so... I want to see a yeah. I want to see a bloodbath here. Um, so I don't know. Hoping for the best, but again, not something that I can say I'm super uh, excited about. I mean, if if it if it's entertaining, then great. But like, I wish someone <laughs> spent money on it. <laughs> the way it's been <laughs> kind of like it's uh, only Netflix that does these like, the, like really cheap looking CG animations. Well, they need to stop. I agree with that. And it, but um, sometimes they do CG very well, so it's just like it's really hit or miss. And Gamera, they decided was going to be a miss, I guess. 
Yeah, it, it's just it's one of those things where like I mean it's like that <laughs> that King Kong game that was just uh, an oh no, where like. Look, that game can be fun as all hell, but it will never not be kind of a joke to me. That doesn't even look fun. Because, <laughs> yeah, because it, it looks so horrible. My, my, my thoughts on that were just, as soon as it started and you hear this old woman's voice being like, stories, yada, 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 stories, blah, 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 stories, <laughs> stories. And like, oh, God damn, this is Joe DeVito, isn't it? And sure enough. Sure enough, it's an adaptation of the joke. Oh, Lord. Yeah, uh, there hasn't been a Kong game in, like, what, like, (laughs) decades or something? Um, Yeah, I think the last one, which (laughs) a lot of people actually like, is the the Peter Jackson one. Yeah, the Peter Jackson one. But uh, this is made by the same people who made Big Rigs. Um, Yeah, isn't that supposed to be, like, one of the worst games ever made? Yeah, it is one of the worst games ever made. So I don't know what to expect other than bad. All right. Well, there's there's uh, some some news for you people. Oh, you know what I should say before we move on is um, so far I'm really enjoying Ultraman Blazer. Yeah. Uh, we're three episodes in, and I've liked those three episodes more than anything I saw from... Z or Zet, which I watched the whole series, and uh, any of Trigger, which I watched the first handful of episodes and it almost killed me, so I stopped. Um, and I, I was more or less ready to give up, um, and so I didn't even watch any of Decker. But Blazer is uh, really good so far. The the there's it's mostly new monsters. They've all been really cool. Um, the characters act more like real like like normal people and not these like coked up like anime characters <laughs> uh, like uh the last few shows um it's not as heavy uh, i mean there's still a little bit of the bandai toy product placement stuff in there with the transformation device but it's not nearly as bad as it's been for the last like i don't know like 10 years or something and uh no i'm i'm really I, digging I feel like um, bandai like I, was told they're not allowed to do that with Ultraman. Then they just turned around and they started hitting Common Rider like twice as hard, because you know the, oh, the yeah. new Common Rider is named Gotchard, like Gotcha <laughs> plus Card. Yeah, and he's got all kinds of like, yeah, there's cards and all kinds of devices and all yeah, all kinds of shit. So. Let's just count our lucky stars that we got Common Rider Black Sun, all right? <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um, no, Blazer is uh, is awesome, and uh, I hope it stays as awesome. And um, I'm looking for, like, I actually look forward to watching it every week, whereas, like, Z, uh, it was like identifying the <laughs> body every week. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm really impressed so far. Um, anyway, um, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about G-Fest, which was already, uh, that G-Fest ended a week and a half ago already. Can you believe it? Yeah, time flies. I know. Um, I still have that post, uh, G-Fest blues. Um, but, uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, this, this definitely felt... Um, 
like a very busy G Fest, uh, just in terms of the amount of people. Um, uh, I feel like there were more than there were last year, um, and the the new hotel has a lot more space, a lot more hallway space. You know, between you know rooms, it doesn't feel like you're in high school and you're walking. It takes like ten minutes to go go like down the hall. Like <laughs> there's actually like room to walk. You won't suffocate um, trying to get onto the elevator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, we had a a, a good time. Um, uh, the guests this year were uh, Yumiko Shaku from the the two Kuryu Mecha Godzilla movies. Um, uh, the director of EK Boys, which she starred in, uh, he brought her over. Um, Eric, uh, he a really nice guy. You know, we got to meet him. Uh, well, I guess Kevin, you mm-hmm. met him in Japan, but um, that was my first time meeting him in person. Like, it's super friendly. Like one of the most friendly people you could probably a- ask to meet. Um, uh, there was TJ Storm, who played the legendary uh, Godzilla mocap in 2014 in King of the Monsters. Also has my favorite scene in Punisher Warzone, where he's doing parkour and gets blown up with the bazooka. Um, uh, Linda Miller from King Kong Escapes, and um, Don Fry, who is Don Fry. Um, yeah, it was it was an interesting year in terms of guests because, you know, they, I think they announced, was it they announced Linda Miller first and then T.J. Storm and then Don Fry and we were kind of like, is there going to yeah, be anyone yeah. from, and then from Japan? Was last, yeah, and then it got weirder, <laughs> right? Because um, you got a message. That was like kind of cryptic. That was just like, "Hey, uh, do you think Amanda might be able to translate for someone?" And you were just like, "What?" And then like nothing else had like you. You were like, uh, "No," because like I don't know you. You know I don't know you. You didn't know what was going on, and you weren't really told. And then um, Friday night, just talking to you know the movers and shakers, we find that uh, Kiyotaka Taguchi, showrunner for. Ultraman Blazer is just mentioned. Ton of Ultraman stuff. A lot of really great short films um, like Gahara and G. Uh, he uh, he just like decided he wanted to come to the convention, and they were and they were like, well, you know, next year we can like pay for you to come out, and you, that way you don't have to pay. We can set you up as a proper guest and everything. And he was like, no, 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 I want to go because they were already uh, going to show his short film at the film festival and he just like got a bug up his ass and decided he wanted to come to the convention and they were like uh okay i guess so he came like and so he he got there like saturday and he was there saturday and sunday and they gave him like a makeshift autograph table and he did a q and a for uh, Bug On, his short film, and uh, yeah, he was there as just like a last-minute guy just because he wanted to be there, which was weird, but kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, um, he wasn't totally, like, because Brinky Stevens was also there, and she was kind of in a similar deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brink Stevens was a weird one because she was brought by one of the dealers, and she had a table in the dealer's room to, like, sign DVDs and Blu-rays, 
And she was there to introduce a short film like that she did um, also. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of strange because, like, she, I don't know, she's, I mean, she's like a B-movie scream queen, but she's not really known for anything kaiju-related. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, one of the dealers, I guess, I don't know, they must know her and was like, hey, come to this convention, sit at this table, and you can also introduce a short film that you have. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, the only... Um, so, yeah, you know, we I went to Taguchi's Q&A, and then uh, I went to Shaku's panel. The other ones I didn't... I didn't do just because, I don't know, there was other things I was doing, but, um, you know, seems like the guests had a good time. Um, and uh, the the panels, um, they're still doing the two panel rooms, um, but there were some good ones. Kevin, you had, like, a bunch of them, so why, why don't you talk about uh, the ones that you did? Because I, I think your plan is, most of them at least, you're planning to put up on... YouTube, whatever, so people that weren't there. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the first one I had was a a Kaiju and Comics uh, panel. Uh, So, of course, I I got uh, Jessica Tsang involved with that, and she was great because she was able to provide a whole lot of context with her, you know, encyclopedic knowledge of all comic books. I guess that's how you become an Eisner judge. Um, But, you know, it was a... I made the executive decision very early on of, okay, we can't talk about Godzilla comics or Kong comics or Power Rangers or any of the like big franchise comics because there's just so much other stuff. And really what I wanted to do is turn people on to stuff that they weren't aware of. Um, things like uh, Kaiju Max and the Kaiju Score uh, and we ride Titans and all, all these other comics that are original comic creations in the, in the, the Kaiju genre. Um, and even though that sounds like, uh, it shouldn't take very long, like all of my panels, it, uh, exploded and became unwieldy. Uh, so we, we kind of barely finished that one up on time. Um, uh, but I thought that that re- went really well. Uh, the second one, um, Got uh, Mike Dent on. Uh, this was Mike Dent's first time coming to G Fest, actually. So I was, I'm glad I was able to uh, persuade him to to come on down. But um, we uh, we got together to talk about Midnight Tokusatsu. So kind of the shows that air late at night for adult audiences. Uh, so things along the lines of uh, Garo or Cutie Honey the Live or Ultra 7X. Uh, and we basically only got through half of our slides because there's just, there's actually a lot. There's a whole lot of these shows and we had a lot of things to, to say about them. So um, we'll figure out what we want to do for that one. If we want to record the second half for the internet or do a part two at some future convention uh, that hasn't yet been determined. Uh, the uh, the third one I did with this guy Kyle Bird, and it was yeah, he's an asshole. Um, yeah, it was uh, MythBusters. So we basically got up there and then told people what they were wrong about, and then uh, <laughs> it, it, it was 
not dissimilar to your your bird versus the nerds episode of the podcast. <laughs> uh, so so you got the audio for that one, um, but you sent it to me, so I can yep. I can put it up against the slide deck and and put that on online at some point in the in the near future. I just haven't I haven't done any of that because the uh, uh, I've got an Oticon panel this weekend to uh, to go present at, and I've been kind of working on on that and stuff but uh last last panel was um three heads many faces and this was just a a, a comedic panel um but uh, it was myself and alex rushdy of uh, seismic toys and 13 a.m games and our friend ken napper and we basically uh had as much fun as possible w- with the idea of uh how many incarnations of Ghidorah are there and the idea was just to start with the obvious ones and get more esoteric and stupider with more and more uh, cute or bizarre incarnations of the character from various media, you know. So like the Hello Kitty crossover or the smartphone game, uh, like Simple Gear Armor version of Ghidorah or uh, the. Ghidorah that was made out of a glove for a magazine, uh, things like that, <laughs> where we, we just get into stranger and stranger uh, iterations of the character, and, and Ken would just kind of riff on them, and uh, that, that was a fun one. Um, Alex has that audio, so I think it's going to go up on his YouTube channel at some point. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the four panels that uh, I did. Uh, on top of, you know, um, Amanda was, was there. She interpreted for uh, Taguchi when he presented his short film. And then, uh, Bird, you had uh, another panel on top of that. Yeah. Well, uh, the, yeah, the only one of yours I didn't see was the, the Ghidra one. Um, but, no, I mean, your stuff is fantastic as always. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so... Um, so yeah, right before, immediately before the one I did with you, uh, me and Steve Rifle had our Godzilla Redacted panel, which is uh, the one that has been that really took most of my time because <laughs> um, we we researched the hell out of that. Um, but uh, yeah, that was basically uh, spurned from. Um, like I talked about uh, back in the winter, there was that documentary, Theaters of War, about the Department of Defense and their uh, meddling in Hollywood films. And, uh, uh, you know, that was something that was just... When, when those script notes about the 2014 Godzilla came out, that was something that was really interesting. And uh, me and Steve decided to, you know, I guess do this project and uh, uh, as a panel. And... Um, we found a lot of, I mean, a lot of, a lot of information. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I researched a lot of the American stuff and Steve having more resources on the Japanese and, um, uh, dug up a lot about, um, the JSDF and their involvement in kaiju films over the years, um, how it's changed. Um, and uh, yeah, that's another one um, that, uh, like the Kaiju Mythbusters, I'll uh, I have the audio for. So um, I'm probably gonna, we're probably gonna put it up as an audio episode of the podcast, and then um, uh, probably 
sync it to the actual PowerPoint and um, put it on the Kaiju Masterclass um, YouTube channel. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, it, it's uh, really interesting how how these movies change um, and how their their relationship with the government and with the military uh, changes over the years. Um, you know, it was interesting that uh, to 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 note, you know, that uh, in the fifties. Um, they they didn't work on fantasy films, you know. The movie Them, they they didn't assist on because they thought it was too s- silly. The it's a fantasy, things like that. And then um, you know, suspiciously, uh, after the draft ended in 1973, that's when they get their hands dirty in uh, bigger films, and that's when they're working on the 70s King Kong, and you know, stuff like that keeps going into the 90s and the 2000s to where. You know they're they're controlling a whole lot of stuff, including things as things like the Transformers movies. Um, you know, Top Gun is a huge example of um, you know a movie that almost existed just to boost recruitment and uh, change people's perception of the military after Vietnam. Um, and uh, and uh, Japan is uh, you know doing more of that stuff too. You know, we we talked about. Um, you know how how uh, Shin Godzilla was a partner with the JSDF in recruitment efforts, and um, we we got that you know recruitment poster translated. That's in the slide deck. Uh, you know we talked about uh, how anime has become a huge um, a huge tool. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I look forward to being able to put that out as a podcast and as a video. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, my my, and you know, make no mistake, my goal with this stuff isn't to, you know, tarnish anyone's views of of their favorite movies. It, it it doesn't have to be like that at all. Many of the movies we talked about are ones that I really like. Um, but I but I do want people to you know, I guess, walk away and be a little bit more, think a little more critically about these things and why certain choices are made. Um behind the scenes, you know, uh, if, if you're watching Godzilla 2014 and you hear the line, uh, you know, oh, you know, the monster took a, a, a Russian nuke, maybe ask yourself, why did the monster take a Russian nuke and not an, an American nuke? I mean, stuff like that, you know, I, I, I guess I'm just advocating for people to think a little more critically about what's, what's under the surface of a lot of this stuff, because, um, you know, you'd be surprised how insidious... <laughs> some of these things are, you know. Um, and uh, also on that note, um, the Kaiju Masterclass YouTube channel, uh, we did an interview, me and Steve Rifle did an interview with Matt Alford, who produced the documentary Theaters of War, um, about this very thing. And um, it's not up yet, but uh, our goal is to get it up, you know, within the next week or so. And um, it was a re- that was a really good interview, too. Uh, fascinating subject matter. It's, it's interesting... Um, because really, uh, a lot of the stuff we know about these Hollywood movies are, it's really just because of like a handful of like five guys that uh, basically just spend their time bombarding the Pentagon with Freedom of Information Act requests. Sometimes they take years to res- get responses. And then they, you know, they, they, they kind of spread the, uh, the documents that, that they get sent in those requests. And, um, there's even less information on the Japanese end. Steve found a, a Japanese scholar, I think her name's Noriko Sudo, 
I might have her first name wrong, but um, she's the only Japanese scholar we could find that has done any kind of research about Japan's pop culture and entertainment um, and their partnerships with you know, the military and the government. And, and so I, it's really one of those things where you know, this is really interesting stuff that uh, I think most people don't think about and don't think to ask about. Um, and so, I don't know, I, ju- I just think it's kind of fun to bring awareness to it. Like I said, I'm not trying to change anyone's perspective. I just think it's important to think critically about this stuff. And, you know, believe me, whenever I see a big budget blockbuster or when I watch Godzilla Minus One, I mean, those are things I'm going to be thinking about. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I look forward to people checking out um, that panel when it, it's uploaded. I, I think we did a good job and. um and, uh, yeah, I mean, that one and the one I did with Kevin, the Mythbusters one, was a lot of content. We, we, we got through all of it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of both of those. Um, I didn't go to many other panels this year. One I did go to that was kind of fun was, like, uh, kaiju theme park rides. Um, so talking about the different Godzilla rides and Kong rides and things like that over the years. Um, most of the time was spent talking about the Kongfrontation at Universal, which I, I knew a lot of that information, but only because I randomly got, like, a bug up my ass to, like, read about it a few years ago and watch, like, videos of, like, interviews with the people that made the giant animatronic Kong. But um, for most of the people sitting there, it was probably all new information. And then a lot of the... A lot of, a lot of talk about the um, Godzilla uh, attraction that was in talks at one point to be at Disney, at Epcot. That was really interesting. Um, but that was a lot of fun, too. Um, other than that, though, I mean, you know, G-Fest is always a good time. You know, I bring my family, and they, they enjoy it. Um, and, uh, you know, nice to, nice to see people that I don't see often, like, like Kevin um, and, uh, and, and Amanda. You know, uh, we hung out quite a bit. Um, Saturday, we went out for pizza with Steve and Ed. That was a really nice evening. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like always, it kind of just goes by too fast. Yeah, I, I saw a, a number of panels I thought were, were really good. I mean, um, uh, Alex did his uh, Kaiju video games history uh, panel, which has become like an annual tradition at this point because um, he did, you know, one on Kong games and one on Gamma games. And th- this time he did a. Uh, one focusing just on Ultraman games, and uh, there's uh, a lot of them. So I assume that that's going to be on the Control All Monsters YouTube for people that want to check it out. But uh, quite the variety of, of things there. Um, let's see. I also went to the uh, uh, Kaiju Kingdom podcast. They did a discussion with... Um, the writer and artist for the uh, Godzilla Monsters and Protectors series, uh, which I, I didn't quite get into. You know, I, I really wanted them to address kind of the meat of my problem with that series, which is the way that it is set in Japan, <laughs> but from such a highly Americanized perspective and like the disconnect that's going on there. And they didn't really deal with that at all but um what what they did say one of the things they said was that they uh they didn't watch any of the godzilla movies after being uh given the assignment 
which I was a little surprised by because there are a number of, of Easter eggs. So whether they just got those through pop cultural osmosis or if there's an editor that was sneaking things into the margins or what, uh, I'd be curious to know how that happened. But also, um, one of the things was Toho was weirdly insistent that they had to use Bialante for some reason, <laughs> which uh, I, 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 I just wonder what Toho is thinking sometimes. So that was that was a kind of neat uh, one. Um, I did uh, I, I watched the Shaku interview afterwards uh, because Greg Noneman uh, photographs a lot of panels and puts them up on the internet. So that was uh, that was a fun one. Um, uh, she she talked about you know doing the the voice acting in Godzilla Battle Line and um, a little bit about her experience on Sky High, but it was you know mostly um, stuff about working on the, the Curio movies. Um, I went to uh, an interview with Eiji Kaminaga of uh, Marsan, uh, and that was really interesting. This was the first time he's been at G Fest. Uh, he was he was actually just at Five Points in in New York a couple weeks earlier. Um, But, you know, he had a whole booth in the dealer's room, but, you know, he gave this, this interview where he just talked about the history of the company. And there was some really interesting things in terms of weirdness with rights. Like they, they were allowed to license Gorosaurus from King Kong escapes, but not King Kong. So they just made a figure called giant gorilla. And, uh, they they basically went bankrupt in the early seventies and they lost the Ultraman license because a bunch of their employees like took their molds and went off and formed Bullmark. But then they started making these original characters uh. called the Marumon. Uh so like, like King Godzilla, which was then later renamed King Godra so they wouldn't get sued. Um So so that's what because I, I always kind of like didn't really. I always kind of assumed Bullmark and Marasan were kind of the same thing. Like I, I never quite knew that they were different. Like a lot entities. of them are. So that a lot of them are actually sense. like the same molds because they took the, the molds with them. Um, yeah. But yeah, then then what happened was one of the original characters that they made was called uh, Ultra Ace, and then when Subaraya was going to make Ultraman Ace they kind of got into a little bit of a negotiation and basically Marasan said, okay, we won't sue you for using this name if you let us make toys for this series. So that's how they got back in with the, uh, with the uh, Ultraman license. And uh, yeah. And then he kind of like went on to some of the later projects, but honestly he could have kept going for a while, but uh, unfortunately there's by that point, the, uh, the next panel was, was uh, kind of lined up, and uh, they were they were patient. It was actually the collect all monsters, so they weren't about to, you know, kick the the Marasan guy out of the room so that they could talk about Godzilla toys. But uh, right. it was very clear that like people were people were there for the next thing already. So uh, he could easily do like a part two next year and talk about all these other weird things that they've done over the decades. Um, uh, I went to the uh, the collection of uh collecting uh vhs tapes um panel that was that was a neat one um alex rusty and our our friend uh kiefer bielman and gosh who else was on that Uh, camille garcia and nigel drainer and ryan clark i think that was the panel 
uh, and they just kind of like went through uh, a lot of the weirder history behind uh, VHS tapes, tried to track down which was the very first Kaiju release. Um, they played a little game at the end of the panel where it's like, who can identify which uh, which movie this is just by the art, and it would always be something that was completely unrelated to the movie. But then the joke was the movie was always Godzilla yeah. versus Megalon. <laughs> so that was uh, that movie has a lot of crazy VHS yeah. covers. That might be all of the all of the panels that I went to, honestly. Um, but you know, it's there's a there's a lot going on in the weekend, so. Um, there were ones that I wanted to go to and just weren't able to for, for whatever reason, you know, like, um, Danny DeManna and, and Elijah Thomas had one on, on Korean Kaiju that are like, ah, that's, that's right up my alley. But, you know, it was, yeah, I wanted to go to that one too. That one's on YouTube. Uh, I've been meaning to check it out, but yeah, no, I, that's, that's one of the ones I really wanted to go to and just, I don't even remember why, but I Mm -hmm. missed it. So, you know, that's just the way the, the G-Fest rolls is that there's always, like, a bunch of stuff going on at the same time. Uh, and, you know, similar deal with, like, the, the movie screening room um, down down in the basement because there's so much cool stuff that plays there. Uh, and, you know, we, we did manage to see a bunch of stuff this year, so we could, you know, talk about some of those things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's weird, you know, the film festival used to be something that I just kind of, like, ignored and was like, whatever, you know, it was a lot of stuff that was like, you know, little fan films or, uh, you know, a lot of uh, stuff that was kind of easily accessible, you know, Gamera dubs or Asylum movies, which they still show, um, but uh, over the last, I would say over the last five years or so, it's really become, starting to become more like an actual film festival and that they, they they will show things that um don't have distribution here they'll they'll show things uh that'll have premieres there um and so it's every year it's been it's really been getting better every year um and and it's it's become something i really didn't pay attention to to one of the things i'm looking forward to the most is seeing what's on there um and uh yeah we checked out uh uh some some uh a few films and a few shorts um and yeah we can we can kind of talk about uh um uh what we saw because uh you know we we saw some cool stuff um i guess we'll kind of just um uh go one by one uh one was uh a short film uh directed by a woman named uh Yuki Kurosu that uh, was on YouTube earlier this year, but I think it's like privacy protected now, but it's called uh, My Monster Ivara, The Case of Extra. Um, So we checked that out. I mean, some of these are short films, so, you know, there's not too much to say about them. Um, That one uh, was more or less about a giant monster. It's a CG monster. Um that kind of uh, attacks a city, and there's a woman who, you know, we were kind of hearing her internal monologue about, you know, uh, whether she feels like she's a good person, whether she should save other people, and and that it, it, it's it, this is definitely the most artsy one that we saw. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that either of us have really strong opinions about it, but, uh, what did you think? I mean, I thought it was, it was a perfectly good short story. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot of 
room for expansion, but it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's just kind of a little little vignette of like this woman is like, oh well, I want to be a better person, and then a monster attacks, and she sees an opportunity to help somebody, and then first she doesn't want to, and then she's like, you know what? Maybe I will help them, and that's that's about it. It's like it's a nice little yeah. character arc. It takes I don't know seven minutes or something like that, and. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's interesting, and uh, you know, if it's if you have a chance to see it on YouTube, you know, there's worse ways to spend seven minutes. I I I'd give it. I I'm at like a three out of five on it. How are, is that about where you fall? I think that that's fair. Yeah. Um, the next one that we watched uh, the same night, which was Friday, is um. Uh, is it? Achilles the Tortoise? Yes. Is that what it's called? Um, this was a really bizarre... It's not really kaiju... Uh, to call it tokusatsu even would be a little bit of a stretch, but it is, you know, a little bit sci-fi fantasy. Um, and I'm, I'm probably going to sound a little bit crazy. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah try, trying to describe it. So um, this famous scientist... Has gone. Uh, his his left and said he is. Uh, he's going to be gone for a while, and he puts his pet tortoise in the care of uh, this woman who's uh, either she's a, one of his students, right? Um, and the tortoise is kidnapped, and she doesn't know who kidnapped the tortoise, um, and uh, so she is trying to find the kidnapper and the and get the tortoise back. And it turn and, and there's a really shady kind of uh, detective character that is helping her, um, and so it's kind of like they just go to a lot of really they just kind of go around to different locations looking for this tortoise, and it gets into really crazy uh, metaphysical um, time travelly. Uh, what's what's the is it Doctor Who? What is it? Timey wimey. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, t- timey wimey stuff, um, and uh, this is about forty minutes, um, and uh, it's a really uh, strange. Uh, the sense of humor is very Japanese, um, and uh, you have all kinds of crazy stuff. You got time travel, you got teleportation, you got people uh, putting their brains inside of a, of tortoises. It, it's really uh, a trip um, but uh, I I found it to be very charming yeah I mean it's the the idea I think comes from the the parable of Achilles and the tortoise which is like Zeno's paradox right I'm, I'm trying to remember high school math class here that you know in order to reach something you first have to go halfway that distance then you have to go halfway the remaining distance and halfway the remaining distance and the question is do you ever actually get there and it's they're on this chase after this guy who has kidnapped the tortoise and it seems like they're getting closer but then it's the equal distance every time uh expanding every so it's the question of will they ever actually catch up to him yeah you have like uh and you have funny things like you know this kind of high speed not really high speed but like portrayed like a high speed chase in like mm-hmm. bumper cars and all kinds of crazy stuff um i have a question uh was what did this share any locations with bug on 
Uh, I actually don't know. Uh, it's just I don't know. I it, it I'm not a, familiar with Bepu or any. Yeah, I, like it. Just some of the some of the surroundings seemed a little familiar, but I, yeah. I like I said, I could be yeah, talking on. Yeah, because was filmed all in Bepu. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Achilles yeah. the tortoise. I don't know exactly where, but it it's largely surrounding a theme park. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's why I wonder, and I, that's why I also was wondering, like, if that theme park maybe had anything to do with the production or whatever, uh, but, um, but no, that, that was a fun, a fun little, little film. I, I would give it, like, a three and a half. Yeah, I I think that's also fair. Um, one that we can talk about that's a really quick one is another Japanese short film called Gift from Space. Um, it's only, uh, it's about eight minutes. Um, from what I gather, this is, I don't know how, uh, Avery and the guys that put this stuff together find some of this stuff. It looks, it, it, from what I gather, it was, this is made by, this was made by, like, a high school, like, AV club or something. Yeah, because... Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know, uh, some high school students made this, um... Made this little short film, I guess. It's more or less about this alien that uh, is is kind of, um, uh, uh, I guess, has escaped to Earth, and then this cute little sheep dog looking thing um, uh, also arrives on Earth, and the other students really love him, but. The, the student can understand him, and he's saying, like, oh, I'm going to, like, destroy the world, and, you know, uh, you know I'm going to decimate the Earth or whatever. And then uh, the, little, uh, that, the little evil alien grows into a giant monster, and then the, the student alien grows into a, a giant alien, and they, they fight clumsily for a few seconds, and then uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's... it's I thought it was kind of cool to be sitting here on the other side of the earth watching like this little sci-fi film made by uh, you know Japanese high school AV it, it club. Was, it was cheap, but it was <laughs> um, very creatively directed. So like they didn't, they clearly did not have a lot of resources, but they made what they did have look interesting. So like full, you know, thumbs up to them for that. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, if I'm evaluating it like it's a like I don't know like a real thing. I mean, they're, they're, uh, it's obviously a little amateurish. The things like the monster fight and stuff could have been, you know, a little bit more interesting. So I mean, I would give it like a two and a half, but not in a way that I would like, not even in like a negative way. You know, I I, I would I would love to see what these kids keep doing and i i wish all the all the luck to them i i you know if they make other things and i get a, and i have a chance to watch them i i will gladly do so yeah likewise um i i really kind of wonder what the uh the genesis of it as a project was if they were kids that grew up honestly at this point watching new gen ultraman or right yeah i know <laughs> if they just had a, a one teacher that yeah. was really inspired or or you know, kind of how this came together. Yeah, and that, and like, how did it? How did it make its way over here for a convention film festival? I don't know. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, no, an interesting little thing. Um, so, uh, I guess, uh, uh, we, we've talked about, well, I guess there's one short left, but, uh, we'll talk about, uh, a couple of features. Um, the first one, uh, that we watched was, uh, Yoshikazu Ishii's new movie, uh, Yuzo, The Greatest Battle on Earth, or is that right? The Greatest Something on Earth. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> um, Great Battle in Tokyo, was that? Yeah, 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 right, that's it. Um, uh, Ishii uh, directed Attack of the Giant Teacher, um, but he's also done a lot of um, Ultraman uh, directing, and he's uh, also done um, second unit on uh, most of the um, uh, Millennium Godzilla films and also like the... uh, um, the Sinking of Japan remake. He's he's a guy that's been around Tokusatsu for a while, um, uh, but uh, this wow. Uh, okay, this movie's crazy. Um, it's about a guy, a, a you know Japanese salary man who gets fired, and uh, that like ruins his life basically, and he gets a new job at. How do you, how do you even like what? I don't know what is. I don't even understand what the place is that he gets it's, his it's new basically job. Basically, a shady they have re- like, recycling company, and by shady recycling company, I mean a place that will steal or like just pick up trash from the street and then like resell it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and like we follow him through. I don't know, maybe a week or so, and like each day of his new job. He's working with different departments. So he's working with the recycling guys who are stealing trash. And that's like their idea of recycling. Then the next day he's working for a guy in a like a poodle costume who is making him go around and disinfect all of the masks, like the COVID masks that they've picked up off the street so they can reuse those. Um... Uh, he. Wh- who else does he he work with? There's a guy that um, is like super in debt for gambling and is like always hiding under his desk in case like a bookie comes around starting to yeah, break yeah. his kneecaps or whatever. Um, y- y- yeah, and um, so all the while, um, the the movie shows us like flashes of this monster like uh, walking in fire. Right and um, uh, is it isn't that like a vision someone has because they can yeah one the of the future? secretaries is like randomly psychic so that that that's what she's yeah. envisioning and then like the previous head of the company just sort of like wanders in towards the end like hey uh, I found an alien and they accidentally smack it and that that's <laughs> when it turns into the giant monster. <laughs> Yeah, they find this tiny little alien. It looks like a little white, like, cartoon ghost. And they accidentally hit this little alien, and then it turns into this giant monster that, like, sucks up, like, all the the COVID masks and stuff. Um, And, uh... It's crazy. Um... I actually, I, I actually enjoyed this quite a bit. It's this movie is like an hour and thirty minutes, maybe even a little longer. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half. Um, 
I would say my biggest thing is I don't know that it sustains that hour and a half runtime. If you've seen Attack of the Giant Teacher, uh, it's similar in that, it, that both of them seem a little too long in the tooth. Um, I will say I probably liked this a little more than uh, Giant Teacher. Um, all of the parts of Giant Teacher that I really like, like the weird random uh, like scene where he's wrestling and stuff like that, um, this movie has a lot more of that kind of weird, surreal comedy in it that I, that I liked. Like the whole thing with the one guy being a person in a dog's costume. And like later, like towards the end of the movie, like he's explaining why he's in a dog costume and then it turns out he was just making yeah. that story up and he doesn't speak um, it's all through writing <laughs> stuff down on a signboard yeah no this is uh this movie is pretty bonkers um but uh i enjoyed it quite a bit um uh could be a little shorter but i i did enjoy this uh, this is one that i hope gets a blu-ray release um and uh you know this is one that that uh, that I would pick yeah this up. is I liked it. this is like distributed by Nikatsu or something right so it, that I think might make it a little bit more difficult yeah yeah I saw their name at the beginning and then I noticed there's a scene where there's some gappa toys so yeah that would make sense but no I I would be interested uh it's um like I said I mean it's it's a little amateurish at times and a little longer than it needs to be. So I'm I'm at like a three on it. But like I, a, I a thought good it was three. significantly better than than Attack of the Giant Teacher. So I I was pretty captivated the whole time. So I'd say probably a yeah. three and a half for me because it's just there's like random musical numbers, but like not enough for it to actually be a musical. Just like you know three three times people break into song. Uh, things, <laughs> things like that. It's it's completely insane. Yeah, and the monster uh, virus king is a pretty neat suit made by uh, Daisuke Sato. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I I've I feel like I've noticed a presence here. Is that Matt? Hello, I live. <laughs> like You're alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh we're we're wrapping up our G Fest recap, uh but um you know, uh we're we're glad you're okay. Welcome. Make yourself I at will home. do that. Um All right, so just because I'm the only one that saw this one, I'll knock this out real quick. Um but I watched uh Hundreds of Beavers also, um which is the new film by Mike Cheslick, he wrote um, Lake Michigan Monster, but he did not direct it. Ryland Twos, who stars in Hundreds of Beavers, directed Lake Michigan Monster. Um, and uh, this is not a giant monster movie, so it's kind of interesting that it played at G-Fest. I, I know Lake Michigan Monster did, so I don't know, maybe it's just they have a good relationship with these filmmakers and whatever. Um, now, uh, I know... Uh, uh, of our friend group that has seen Lake Michigan Monster, most of us enjoyed it, uh, at least to some degree. Uh, Kevin, you are not one of those people. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. You're my, if, if you do get around to uh, seeing this one at some point, um, it doesn't have distro yet, but uh, you know it seems to be doing well on the festival circuit, so it'll probably 
get somewhere. Um, it is a little different, though. I, w- I would say Lake Michigan Monster has more of an adult swim after hours meets SpongeBob kind of feel to it. This has a very Looney Tunes, Chuck Jones feel to it, uh, but it's it's uh, comp- it, there, it's got sound, but no dialogue. Um, when people do have to talk, it's like those little silent film cards. Um, it's all in black and white, and it was filmed in the real freezing cold forest. Uh, but it's about this uh, this guy who's um, uh, who runs an Applejack that gets uh, destroyed by a ton of beavers, and so he's poor, and so he uh, he finds a local um, guy who is buying furs, so he has to become. Uh, so he basically makes it his mission to hunt any b- rabbits, beavers, uh, raccoons, whatever, and try and sell the furs to uh, win some money, and as well as the heart of the uh, the the fur trader's daughter, to varying comical de- degrees. Um, like I said, very Looney Tunes. It's like it really it feels like a live action Looney Tunes. Um, all of the animals are played by people in animal suits. They look look like the suits you'd see like a sports mascot have. Um, but uh, pretty pretty funny. I, I mean, there's certain jokes that are set up, and then there's a bunch of other jokes, and then finally the joke that was set up pays off. So. Like, there's things that it does that are really clever where it, it kind of goes full circle. Um, and uh, uh, it, it, it kind of, every scene is kind of crazier than the one before it to where the last 30 minutes are just absolutely bonkers. Um, but yeah, for something that cost pennies and was made in the actual freezing cold, um, very well done. Uh, I would recommend it to people that like, you know, stuff like Old Bugs Bunny and stuff. Uh, Similar to some of the other films we've discussed, uh, a little longer than it needs to be. Um, it doesn't need to be like an hour and 40 minutes or whatever. Like, this could have been an 80, 90 minutes and been better for it. But uh, really creative. Um, I'd give it like a three and a half. Um, so, yeah, you know, if that sounds up your alley, go for it. If not, then uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's going to be for unique taste, that's for sure. Um, and anyway, the final uh, thing to talk about is uh, Taguchi's short film Bug On, which he was on hand for. Um, now, Kevin, uh, mis- correct me if I'm wrong. This, this, we're, we're like a handful of people on American soil that have even watched yeah, this. Yeah, even in Japan, it's the- only uh, really to be viewed by... Uh, people who go to Beppu for tourism, like that's kind of the the point of the of the the short is uh, an, an advertisement for the town, both in terms of it's a tourism video where you see a bunch of locations in the town, but also as an incentive for people to come to the town to see the short. So, if I'm going to Beppu, where would I see this? In like, a, I, I assume like a. Uh, in the hotel that's in the movie, but I would have to, you know, double-check that. Intr- yeah, I was wondering that. Like, is this something I would see, like, in a train station, or, like, where would I see this? Um, 
But yeah, it, it's, I guess Beppu is known for its hot springs, and so there's this the, a hot spring monster, Bugon, that comes out and shoots uh, this, you know, hot spring water at people. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of following some characters. A lot of them are Ultraman regulars. Um, and, uh, it, it's similar to, like, the beginning of GMK, where the they're talking about this uh thing is um you know uh i guess a like part of a cheap tv show or program and then it turns out that the monster is real um and uh yeah this is more uh on the comedic side of of things um uh you know uh there there's a the a twist where you know bugon is actually making people feel better you know, which is probably going hand in hand with the tourism. Like, oh, come visit our hot springs, and you know, it'll make you feel, you know, you'll you'll come out feeling relaxed and rejuvenated, whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, about uh, thirty minutes. Um, interesting thing about the bug on suit is that it wasn't made by like professional kaiju suit guys. It was made by like a local like community of like. Uh, amateur kaiju nerds, basically, right? Yeah. Um, so that was one of the things when Taguchi was being asked about it was like, oh, um, what what was this aspect or this aspect of the design? And he was able to kind of say like, oh, it was based on this and this, but like he didn't make the suit. He uh, basically received it when he came on as director. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting. Usually, I mean, it... it you you can tell, you know, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. It's just, you know, it doesn't have a... It doesn't look like, you know, Gehara or something like that, you know. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I I enjoyed it. It was, it was a privilege to be able to see it and then also um, to see it with the man himself there uh, to uh, talk about it. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I give this a, th- a three and a half. How'd you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I, I would say probably a strong three and a half, maybe, maybe a four even just because it's, um, it's really, you know, it's, it's Taguchi. He doesn't do a bad job on things. Uh, it's <laughs> really fun to see, um, the, cast that he he kind of basically made friends with a bunch of people who worked on Ultraman and the as he was talking about that the budget of this was really all used on uh, explosions so I think a lot of them were working pretty pretty cheaply and uh, you know it was, it was a quick filming um, but it's really impressive to see them running through this hotel that I guess allowed them to uh, to set off those explosions um, yeah I'm just I'm trying to figure out uh, somewhere in Oita City, they are showing this, but I don't understand exactly where. Uh, kind of scrolling through here, um, but uh, yeah, like the uh, there's a big scene at the movie theater, and it, like that's just the movie theater that's in the town, and the yeah, the, I, I the old woman that uh, is working at the theater is like the same, like she's like the actual owner of the of that theater or something. Yeah, I, I so was like reading. The, if you're a local or something, it's got to be very exciting to, to see all of the, all of the landmarks and, and yeah, whatnot no. uh, get 
represented. So, I mean, that's, that's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it was, that was a lot of fun. Um, I, I did also see uh, a little uh, bit of, uh, the, I, I didn't catch the whole thing, but I caught uh, the tail end of the man in the green suit. Uh, and that was, um, that's, that's what, uh, bring Stevens was there to, to promote. Uh, and it was not, it was not bad. It was better than, um, the naked monster, which I guess is her previous kaiju outing. Um, you know, it's right, it just yeah, kind yeah. of a goofy, goofy thing about, you know, set in a film studio where there's a, there's a monster that is, is on the rampage that had previously starred in movies and is, is now going after people who are there. It's very goofy slapstick sort of thing. So, you know, if, if it gets put out, yeah. maybe, maybe watch it. All right. Well, that's the film festival. Um, yeah, no, uh, you know what? The dealer's room didn't, this is the first year I walked out, a, a walked away from a G-Fest without buying anything for myself in the dealer's room. I, like, I bought my, my daughter a bunch of toys and stuff. Usually I'm able to find like a Japanese book or like an out-of-print DVD or Blu-ray or some weird little random thing that surprises me, but um, even other people I talked to felt like uh, it was kind of just a lot more newer stuff a lot of bandai not as much vintage stuff um as there usually are even some of the same dealers that like i usually would like buy things from didn't seem to have as much variety this year for whatever reason yeah it's 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 weird that like um i I think just because of the nature of the community um that i think the things that i was the happiest buying this year were actually things that i kind of like made arrangements with people just on the, on the download, not part of the dealer's room discussion and just, you know, went to somebody's right. hotel room and like picked up a figure that they didn't want or things like that. Um, but, uh, th- there was, there was some good stuff. I mean, again, M1 was there. Um, this was the last year that they were able to sell those, uh, Nakajima figures. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad that there were, you know, a few more that they were able to, to get out there and um and Marison had their table and they had like a little gashapon machine and and whatnot um so that's that's always fun um but yeah it was it was very figure heavy uh we didn't have you know there were a couple of booths that were like selling some some blu-rays or something but that was the the minority the the number of uh places selling books were also you know dwindled i think Every year I see the same books that I've seen for the past 20 years, like, on sale. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those where, like, every time I go to, like, a certain table, I'm like, did I buy, over the last 20 years, have I just bought all of their cool stuff? And <laughs> it's just, this is what's left, you know, I don't know. Um, but, no, it, it was a good time. I mean, uh, uh, um I I met a lot of uh, Kaiju Transmissions listeners, uh, a lot of people walking up to me and saying they enjoy what we do here, so thank you all. Matt, people want to know where you are. I had to explain that like 500 (laughs) times. So not Um, unlike this podcast episode is what I'm hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That that should have been the explanation Um, that you fell asleep and and slept with (laughs) Jesus. In my defense, my son Ezra got Um, shots. Uh yesterday for six months he's six months that's so crazy 
Uh, and he slept all of five minutes last night, very fussy, which is common when you give a baby shots, which means I was dead after work today because I didn't sleep. And then I came home and I set my, I, I took a nap. I set an alarm. My alarm went off and I don't know what happened after set alarm went off. Like I heard it go off. And then I just like fell back asleep, I guess. My actually, the reason I'm up is my, my wife came in. She's like, don't you have a podcast? I'm like, oh, yeah, I left you a passive aggressive oh, voice. I, I did see you call me. But anyway, yeah, no, uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, li- this year you had your son's karate thing. The year before, you guys got COVID. Both years, you intended yeah. to come. So maybe next year, third time's a charm, uh, and you know, we will, we will try to put that in the atmosphere and uh maybe you'll be able to join next year um anyway uh yeah no that was g fest it was a good weekend and uh you know i'm still sad that it's over um but uh i don't know kevin have we have we covered all the all the bases here uh yeah g fest wise i i think so um you know there there's always a lot of stuff at g fest but you know the uh, just a lot I didn't get to this year. I didn't go down to the video game room at all. I didn't go to the costume parade. Uh, it's just kind of, yeah. uh, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. It's- yeah. I actually usually really like the costume parade, but you know, this, this year, you know, uh, Steve and Ed wanted to go get pizza and I was like, you know, that's a cool <laughs> opportunity. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that instead. And then, uh, uh, you know, um, yeah, I went in the video game room. They didn't have as much of the galloping ghost games, uh, but they had they had you know enough enough cool stuff down there. Um, the history of G Fest room this year, right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. There was that, and, you know, the model room, art room, stuff like that. It's always fun to walk through. I always kind of take the time to check that stuff out. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, uh, people, uh, stay tuned to Kaiju Transmissions um, for the panels I did. Uh, stay tuned to uh, Mazer Patrol on YouTube and your podca- podcatcher, because uh, Kevin is going to be putting up those panels with the video. Um, stay tuned to the Kaiju Masterclass channel for the Godzilla Redacted uh, uh, video. And um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, if uh, if any of you guys are listening or there next year, um, I'm planning to be there, so maybe you'll see me. Um, all right, any anything else? We good to wrap up here? Lux, are you awake? Whoa, what? I fell asleep. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm glad I could contribute. All right, so thanks. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, everyone. Thanks for listening. <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.